Hey friends, welcome to the Brave Marriage Podcast. I'm Kinsey Dzinski, a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified professional coach. And this is a podcast for couples who want to grow as individuals, do marriage with intention, and live mutually empowered, purposeful lives. I often wonder how you guys are doing, and I hope you're having a good start to your year. I am really looking forward to meeting up with a few of you soon. If you're near Lexington and you don't know what I'm referring to, a Christian psychologist in town is hosting a free event for women on sexual intimacy and marriage. So those who've signed up on my website for resources on sexuality got an invitation to that this past week. I will be there also and would love for you to meet up with us as well. So if you'd like more information on that, be sure you've put your name and email in at bravemarriage.com sex. That's where you can find a link to recommended resources on healthy sexuality, as well as details for the upcoming event. Today, we are talking about marital formation. Now, for our purposes on the podcast, I'm defining marital formation as the process by which a couple emotionally, relationally, and spiritually matures, which produces a healthy dynamic, a life-giving culture, and an intimate marriage for a purpose greater than themselves. So basically, marital formation is the whole point of brave marriage. Facilitating marital formation is how I've come to understand and describe my work. So I'll try to do this concept justice, and my hope is that by the end of the episode, you are clear on what it is exactly and what the process requires. So to achieve this, I want to lay out three principles for marital formation. So let's dive right in. Principle number one, we are formed through marriage itself. As I mentioned last week, there's no self-awareness or personal growth that can be had outside of relationship. We're formed through relationships, and the point of formation is that we grow up, that we become more mature emotionally, relationally, and spiritually. And I can honestly say that there is no better context in which to experience formation on a day-to-day, hour-by-hour basis, except perhaps parenting, than marriage. We're formed in relationship to our spouses, through our relationship with our spouses, and because of the structure and commitment and parameters of the construct itself. When I first got married, I couldn't get over how selfish I was and how much marriage brought that to light. As mine and Evan's personalities, conflict styles, and lifestyles would rub up against each other, I found myself with a lot of internal struggle and wrestling as I realized all the ways in which I had yet to grow up. And as I think back on it, I know that a lot of these areas of immaturity for me were just dormant, or at least unbeknownst to me. To some degree, I'd become proficient at navigating life in my previous contexts, which is to say that I'd learned how to get by like all of us do, in my family of origin, at school, at church. And don't get me wrong, all of those contexts were extremely formative. But until marriage, until there was a person who would eventually see past all of my ways of getting by, until there was a relationship that forced me to let down my guard and then proved safe enough to do so, I had no safe zone or training ground for my adult formation to take place like the one that marriage provided. And because of the books I read before marriage and during those first few years, which I'll link to in the show notes, I knew from the start that if I wanted to have a happy, healthy marriage, it would require that I contribute my part to becoming a happy, healthy person. 
As someone in my field has profoundly said, which has been quoted and handed down through generations of marriage and family therapy, we marry our unfinished business. Basically, if we're unaware of the work we need to do to grow up before marriage, we will certainly come face to face with it in marriage. And let me tell you, there has been a lot of learning and a lot of growing up for me over the past seven and a half years, and I can't even imagine how much so 40 years from now. But in that short amount of time, it's crazy to me just how much some of my sharp edges have worn down simply because I naively signed up for this human growth lab called marriage and chose to lean in and engage the formation process rather than to lean out and avoid it. So what about you? How has marriage formed you thus far? And how are you being formed at the moment, emotionally, relationally, and spiritually? Because here's the deal. When we come face to face with tension or conflict or unhappiness, all of us have two choices, with the exception of being psychologically or physically unsafe in our marriages. That's when the right choice is to separate in order to heal and get healthy. But other than that, there are only two intrinsic choices. Choice number one, we are free to blame someone else for our misery. My spouse is the problem, or my parents, or my spouse's parents, or the church, or society, and the pressure and expectation I felt to marry or take part in marriage, but it wasn't what I truly wanted. Which is to say, it turned out not to be as easy, or thrilling, or indulgent, or romantic, or as controllable as I wanted it to be. We are free to do that, but it doesn't change our misery. In fact, it worsens it. Choice number two is that we are equally free to take ownership and responsibility for what we are responsible for, ourselves. My spouse or my in-laws may have issues, but what are mine? My parents may have left me with a lot of pain to process, but at what point do I stop handing all of my power over to my past and start using it toward my healing? Church or society may have hurt me, creating impossible standards for me and others, but now that I know that, Now that I've experienced the disappointment and disillusionment, what now? What can I do about it? Because all of those things may have contributed to where I am now, but it's me. It's my choice to get professional help and to learn what it means to have a healthy self, a healthy marriage, and relationship with God that will contribute to where I am tomorrow. Which leads me to principle number two. We are formed through further learning about marriage. Again, there is no human on earth who has learned or grown in any significant way without being in relationship. In order to learn, we need to be taught. We need experience. We need wisdom. And we need our relationship with God and other people for all of those things. So our role in marital formation is to surrender to the process, to lean in and do the work. But part of that work is developing a desire to learn and then acting on it by reaching out to wise and competent others who can offer you solid research, good book recommendations, continuing marriage education, pastoral care, wisdom from decades of doing marriage healthily, or licensed marriage and family therapy and coaching. Because listen, if relationships were intuitive, if marriage was intuitive, the divorce rates would be lower, more families would be together, churches and organizations would operate more healthily, and our country and world even would be in much better shape. But the way marriage and other relational systems work is counterintuitive, at least to the way most of us are brought up in the world. 
When what we really need to take us deeper in our marriages is not more tips and tricks, not more variations on the same theme like fun dates or speaker-listener exercises or sex techniques, because those can only take us so far. What you'll find in time, just ask anyone who's been married for more than a few years, is that there's simply not enough to bring about the intimacy, contentment, and happiness that most of us crave and desire. So here are some topics of further learning if you want to be formed more deeply in your marriage. Conflict styles and patterns, differentiation, relational dynamics, family of origin, and your attachment styles. These things impact your marriage relationship even more than your communication style or personality differences. Again, don't bypass those. I would definitely say learn those first, which pastors, marriage educators, and any counselor should be able to help you with. But once you have a handle on the basics, I would then seek out a licensed marriage and family therapist or a book written by a licensed marriage and family therapist. And again, I'll link to a list of resources in the show notes. And principle number three, we are formed through practice. Think about any sport or instrument you played growing up. Was it enough to just learn the notes or understand the concept of the game? No, you had to practice, right? And in the case of many sports, you had to learn how to work together as a team. And marriage is no different. We don't become better at it without practice. So learning is wonderful because it can lead to changes in the way you think and in time lead to a genuine desire to take action. But until the actual practice happens, everything you're taking in or learning is just preparation. The real fruit of formation is evidenced through practice, through slow change over time, and through action in real life. So let me ask you, what are you practicing in your marriage? And what is the fruit of that? I really want you to non-judgmentally and compassionately take stock of your situation just to become more aware. What does the practice of friendship and connection look like in your marriage? Sitting down for dinner and talking? Watching TV together? Taking walks together after work? Regular outings with friends or date nights? Sitting in the same room as one another while engaged in different activities? What does the practice of communication look like for you in your marriage? Is it clear or is it hazy? Is it passive or aggressive or both? Is it kind and life-giving or harsh and demoralizing? Is it validating and supportive or selfish and minimizing? Is it respectful of each other's boundaries regarding personal space and processing time? Or is it anxious, overbearing, absent, and unresolved? And lastly, what does the practice of trust look like for you in your marriage? Sharing vulnerably or putting up walls? Doing what you say you're going to do or not following through? Reassuring each other when upset or insecure or leaving each other guessing? All of us in our marriages are being formed through what we practice. So as you think about what your marriage looks like in practice, I hope it's becoming clear to you the areas where formation has either yet to take place or the areas where you could grow deeper together. And the point of all of it, the point of personal growth, which we talked about last week, and the point of marital formation, is that our marriages would be evidence of something greater. And for me, it's someone greater someone more loving 
in someone more thoughtful and creative and for our good than we could ever otherwise understand. That's the beauty and the mystery of marriage. And I pray that your marriage would be evidence of that today or here soon. Your action step is simply to look in the show notes for the link to the list of resources and pick one to order, to reach out to, or utilize before the desire and urgency lesson in light of other less important things. And finally, I am trying to be more intentional about getting this information into the hands of as many people as possible this year, but in order to do that, I need your help. So if you wouldn't mind to please share this episode with a family member, friend, even your counselor or pastor as a resource to hand out to others, I would be both humbled and grateful. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye. Love is not about Love is not a bond Love is just as fragile 